The King's Council community is designed to equip entrepreneurs to operate in excellence through proven God-given templates and kingdom principles. Now, we believe that entrepreneurship is God-given, which is why our mission is to create wealth and provision for the purpose of confirming God's covenant on this earth. So whether you are a new entrepreneur or heck, maybe you're looking to become one, looking to go from employed to deployed, then we have a program for you. Or if you're an existing business leader looking for that tribe or that community to run with to discover what true success and prosperity in life actually is, not just within the financial means, but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. If you're looking for that purpose, or if you know that God has more purpose for you in the kingdom, then the King's Council is the tribe for you. Like-mindsetted, bold, kingdom leaders on mission, willingly engaging in the battle of business, continually conquering new territories to bring the spoils of the world back into the kingdom. The Kingdom Economy. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we have got ourselves a treat today. I have a guest on the show today, Mr. Dean Sweetman. He is the co-founder and CEO of Tithely. If you guys have not heard of that, you're going to hear, hear a lot more about that here throughout this episode. But uh, before launching that, Dean was actually involved in ministry for a number of years, over 30 years in which he planted over 50 churches, raised millions of dollars. I'm pumped to hear more about that, Dean. Um, yeah. And really uh, spread the gospel, equip leaders, and see lives transformed by Jesus. Let's Amen. go, Dean. Welcome to the <laughs> show, man. Man, that was a good intro. Uh, <laughs> it's good to be here, mate. really is. You're, uh, you're an inspiration. We've been getting to know each other a little bit, and I'm following what you're doing. And yeah. we have a lot of synergies together. So this is, this is going to be fun. We do. Yeah, we actually got connected. A lot of our listeners may even be listening to us through Pray Radio, pray.com, that app. So uh, we got connected through there because partly I was, you know, we did some meetings and we're, you know, we're all about, we play for an audience of one, right? And it's like, yeah. we get on and, and it's, how do we grow? How do we help? And it's really just, how do we further the, the mission? How do we, how do right. we expand the kingdom? And Russ was like, I got to get you in touch with, with Dean. And, uh, and that's really how this happened. And so yeah. it's such a, such a great alignment. I'm, I'm that's, that's the kingdom working how it should right there. That is exactly right. Exactly right. So, mm -hmm. man, I, I certainly want to know your background. You're not, you live in Utah now. Yes. But, um, from Australia originally. I'm going to um, say the accent gives yeah, it away a little bit. Still around. Uh, <laughs> grew up in Sydney and then really came to Christ in my later teens. I left school in the 10th grade. Somehow, you know, I was a small group leader. Then they're like, you should be the youth pastor. And, and then I went to seminary and like in the space of like three years, you know, like, well, I, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing at least for now. So, you know, I just, I raised some funds and spent 10 years doing kind of evangelistic work, you know, Asia, Africa, doing, you know, kind of evangelism at night and pastoral training in the morning. And I went all over the world for 10 years and then felt like I, I was supposed to move to America and plant, plant churches. So Moved in 96 and started doing that. I love it. I love it. And so you moved here solo. Did you have like a plan yep. or anything? I had a plan to plant one church and we arrived in uh, Valentine's Day in 1996. And outside the, you know, the suburbs of Atlanta, that's an, it's a long story how I got there, maybe for another day, but <laughs> man, it, the first year was tough, you know, like all church plants are. It's that getting that first hundred people and 
anyway, we broke through and, you know, parallel to all of the ministry, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always had businesses. I, you know, whether I was selling real estate and doing real estate development, I always had something to bring in, you know, money on the side of ministry. And so I've always had that heart. Uh, And church planting is really like starting a business, but harder. Right. <laughs> right. You don't have capital. You don't have uh, a lot of people to pay to help you build the business. So anyway, that that church, you know, ended up with five campuses and about three thousand people. And oh, that's built, it. I think built you did fitness a good job then. Yeah, fitness centers and daycare centers. And you know, whenever I built buildings, I wanted to build buildings that could be used seven days a week. And that's becoming quite a trend now. And then yeah, it was. And then along that journey, was involved in about sixty church plants in the U.S., Canada, and South America. So amazing. That fascinates me because that's just been something that has recently has been on my heart. And and how do we really? I think we have all different giftings and talents and abilities. And mm-hmm. and you know, within the King's Council, it's like I think the movement is is a portion of it is evangelism, and it's like we have right. the ability to reach a lot of people with the, the platform and, and the voice that we have. But at the end of the day, it's, that's not discipleship. That's not like raising up the, right. the, the pastoral care that is ultimately needed. And so it's like, man, my thought was just like, we need to come alongside church planters that, that have that vision. And how can we actually fulfill the right. great commission by, by doing that? So what goes through when, when you're like choosing a city or to plant, right. like, how does that process work? You know, it's 50 50. There's a spiritual component where you want to pray. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit can give us guidance and speak to us when it comes to things that are around big decisions in our life. So, you know, there's that. But then there's a practical side. I chose the suburbs of Atlanta because I was young 30s with a young family. That demographic was the main demographic of where I was going to plant. It was fast growing county. Like, so there's a lot of, practical things that you would apply like a business would, right? You, you're right. going to do a, a market plan and, oh, I'm going to bring this product into this yep. community. Does that fit, right? Product market fit. And so there's, I think it's just a combo of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Cause yeah, it, it just is interesting to me. Cause it, that's how, you know, we, we've expanded our companies. It's like, yeah, we're doing a, we're doing market research. We're going to do an right. analysis. We're going to figure out like who, who does our product serve? Yep. Right. It's it's different yep. for the gospel. It's like, well, everybody needs it, but people right. don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's yeah, like, totally. Everybody needs Jesus, but how do we get them to want it is, yeah. is such a, a big thing that I just, I, I literally lay up in, in bed at night thinking of that. Like, how do we become as, as believers, we should be the most attractive people on the face of the earth. Yeah. Right? And, and be thoughtful, right? Like I think there's, there hasn't been an, like I used to tell church planters, find out where they're building the Walmarts and the Home Depots and go and plant within five miles of that. Yes. Because you know, they've spent millions of dollars researching that area and they know all the growth is coming that way. So go and and find the town that's right next to that and plant a church. So good. I did that. That's so hilarious because that's exactly how I started my first company when we're doing dinner seminars. Uh Like, how do I know if there's enough people in these smaller communities? And it was like, I just pulled up the Walmart map. It's like, they spent thousands, millions of dollars doing all your research. I'm just going to follow that. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Love it. I absolutely love it. So through that process, being the, the founder of Tithely, yeah. Tell me how that kind of came about. Was it a need, and then you fulfilled it, or what? Yep. Vision behind. So, and this, you know, I'll kind of explain a lot of my philosophy around startup culture. In 2012, the iPhone had come out in 2010. 
the App Store, you may remember the first apps were just the Apple apps that they built. Then they opened the store and anyone could build, you know, apps. And I downloaded, and I was always tech geek. I, I bought everything before everybody else. I had every computer before everyone else. I had every phone before everyone else. You waited and, in line? like Yeah, I did. Okay, For the right. first iPhone, I 100% did. And I'm not a guy who waits in lines. I'm terrible. So I went, I got the Starbucks app. And I had a ritual back then. I'd go to Starbucks every morning on the way to the office. And I think it was a non-fat vanilla latte at the time, iced. And so I got the app, put the drink in, went to the counter and said, hey, I want to pay with the app. And the girl's like, app? What's an app? I go, that, I think if I hold this code against that reader, it, something's going to happen. She goes, okay. So I did it. The ticket spots out. She's like, wow. And I bought a coffee without, because I had my credit card inside the app. Yep. One of the first apps that was a wallet. So in that moment, I'm like, man, why shouldn't church giving be that easy? And so I have an, two sons. One's a pastor in LA, the younger one. The old one is a tech kid and you know, he was building websites in his, you know, teen years, making plenty of money. And I went to him and I said, Barn, his name's Barnabas. I said, go away and work out how we can give with the phone. So 12 months later, he comes back and says, dad, I worked it out. I got an app in the app store. And then I literally got up in front of my congregation in 2013 and said, hey, you can download this app. And people did and thousands of dollars started coming in. So in the classic kind of sense of how you want to bring a product to market, I had knowledge of the buyer. I was the customer. Yeah. I knew all the pain points about generating revenue inside a church. Yeah. You know, churches are one day a week businesses that operate for 90 minutes. Yeah. That's essentially what they are. And so we do all lots of other stuff and you can do midweek and you can do small groups, but where you get your money is for 90 minutes once a week. Imagine opening up McDonald's and doing breakfast sandwiches on Sundays and not being open. That's a church, right? When you look at how they fiscally have to operate. The biggest problem I knew that we had to solve was there's two of them. Online giving was a thing back then. It was very clunky. So getting a seamless, easy giving button on a website where you could give with a couple of clicks. So that was key. A giving experience, right? That was simple, beautiful. I could create an account in a couple of minutes and give. And the other thing was, um, how can I get people to be able to give anywhere, anytime? So Atlanta has about, you know, two ice storms a year and they always come on a Sunday. And of course, of course you know, um, ice storm shuts down the city, weather, whatever, right? Fourth of July, Father's Day, like there's a million reasons why people don't come to church. And guess what happens when they don't come? They don't give. Right. Yep. So it's not that they don't want to. It's just that they're used to being there and writing the check and so on. So, and then we resolved another thing around reoccurring. Two-click reoccurring giving is a game changer for your church budget. So all of those little pain points that I understood as the customer of a product like that, I was able to develop the product and solve the problems that I was facing. And that's kind of always kind of one of my, when someone comes to me and say, I want to start this business. Okay, so tell me about your experience in that business and how well do you know that customer? And like, you know, all those things that I've developed over 30 years of ministry and raising a lot of money, right? Traveling around, raising money for other guys. I just knew, you know, intuitively all the problems that I wanted to go solve. And so in the end of uh, beginning of 15, I was feeling like, man, I'm supposed to do this full time. And so actually some investors came and, uh, and gave me some money and it was the right moment to do it. Handed over my church, still going great guns today. And uh, well, yeah. 37,000 churches later in seven in seven years. We'll do about 2 billion in giving this year. Wow. 2 billion. Incredible. 
Incredible. And that, I mean, just from a experience giving it is that, that recurring is a game changer, even for the end user, right? Like it's very much. And it's, I don't think it necessarily should be out of mind, but it is, you know, it's out of sight where it's like, I just know what's happening. And, you know, my, my heart's disposition is still toward that, but I just know what's happening. I don't physically have to write a check or, right. You know, there's a spiritual dynamic to giving, obviously. So it's a, it's connected to what's going on in your heart. People don't, you know, you go to a new church, giving doesn't kick in for about six months. You're catching the vision. You're really identifying with the mission and the vision of the, the, the leadership team. And then boom, right? So fast forward, we have a lot of data and, and some of the things that, and we, we have a whole church stack for a church now. We can do your website, your app, your, you know, all the data. But we, we are sitting on like unbelievable data, metadata, not, it's all anonymized. But it gives us a lot of information on habits and who gives what, when, and why. And so, yeah, some of the things we're kind of looking at doing in the future about serving that back to church leadership. Yeah. And like, here's your zip code. Average gift size in your zip code is X. Your average is Y. How do we get that up? Like a lot of really good stuff that, you know, frankly, the business of church, as they call it, and those of us that know that church is not a business. Yeah, but yeah. you better run it like one. Otherwise, you're not going to be around very long. But a lot of church leaders, they don't want to be involved in the business of church. They want to give it to an administrator. And, and, and as you get bigger, you get XPs and, you know, COOs and CFOs. And I get that. But I, I think if you're not involved in the business of your church, which leads us to the business people in yeah. your church, right? I think you're missing out on huge opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Man, I got like a billion questions that are just like <laughs> racing in my head. I know we're not going to have time to get to all of them. So, but this, this is what I, I geek out to, man. I, I'm actually writing a book right now, specifically on the tithe. And right. uh, I forget the actual group that, that did this, but I think it was 2009. It's just like uh, how many, you know, quote unquote Christians that are in America or really worldwide right. and the amount that actually tithe yep. uh, and they, they, they consider tithe giving 2.5%. Like, first off, that's not a, a tithe. Correct. They're, they're giving something. Sure. Um, and it was, we broke it down in, into the amount of money that would actually be needed to, to stink and end world hunger, to, right. to actually truly have the gospel to reach to everybody. And at the core of it, if every quote unquote Christian, right, yep. a true follower of Christ actually tithed, yep. there's, there's no problem you couldn't solve. There's no problem you couldn't solve. And it's, that's um, just in the natural, like, right. this is what gets me going, Dean. Like, naturally, we could solve it. Right. But when God puts his super on our natural, then it's like, holy cats, it's a whole game changer. If we just operate it within the kingdom principles that he yep. so clearly laid out for us, we're just not yep. doing it. So think about this. Last year, $131 billion given to faith-based organizations, churches and ministries. Okay. And most data is, is that comes from less than 5% of people that are meaningfully giving. So we could 20x 130 billion if people get a revelation from scripture about generosity. Yes. So that's yes. so like I have I have a business that provides technology to make the giving easy, right? But really part of our mission as a company is to increase the GDP of the kingdom. Yeah. Right? So if the kingdom yeah. is at 130 billion, right, in America and we double that for the rest of the world, let's call it 260 worldwide. And and if that's really only 5% of people meaningfully giving, 
So part, part of my vision, you know, beyond just providing the technology and we have 180 employees and we're in 50 countries and, you know, like we're having all this money going through our hands and getting it to our, our churches. But the thought of increasing the GDP of the kingdom is, is something we're really passionate about. Yes. This is why I know we're aligned, man. The kingdom economy, like yeah. that's that's what the King's Council, like our what foundationally what we are are here to do. Yes, we we serve like entrepreneurs and those that feel that they've have that God-given ability to create yeah. wealth and then really how to operate and steward that appropriately is is our primary focus within our our businesses or within the King's Council. And so yeah. this gets me just so excited, man, because yeah. yeah. It's just not there. Imagine then, it's such a simple thing that what I consider the kingdom economy is, is as a believer, and we're building a platform for this right now, as a believer, if I if I know that you own a mechanic shop and you go to the same church that I do, right. uh, assuming you provide a good service, which as a believer, you, you, you better be, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, don't be professing you're a believer if you're not operating right. in excellence. So you got to be doing it better than the world. Exactly right. right. Exactly. So if I need to spend a hundred dollars to change my oil, right, I should go give that to you. For sure. You would tie ten dollars, right? right? And and hopefully whatever the the church is is or you know you're gonna net, there's gonna be a net profit of that. Okay, so you've now taken right. that and you went and bought uh, the local restaurant who you also go to church to. Now they've made a net profit. They're tithing. Right. Like that is just such a simple concept of loyalty within the the kingdom. Other other religions are so much more loyal yep. and they don't even well, have the world. Like the world is better than than us, right? Yes. Like the loyalty at the local coffee shop and, and like they are, this opens up a really big conversation around what is a church leader's role in finding, developing, encouraging, growing business people in their church. Yes. And you and I believe that it's a big deal, right? Yes. And your whole mission is to get, pastors to get that revelation and you're yes. putting tools on the hands so they can go and cultivate both established, right? The mechanic, yep. the yep. restaurant, the whatever, and you we want to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. And so, but then you, once, once that program's in place, like once as a church leader, you're committed to that, then, you know, comes all of this in uh, technology, we call it network effect, right? Mm-hmm. When you have something that's, got velocity and is moving and something else is in the same orbit and all of a sudden it just compounds productivity and you get this network effect of multiple things swirling yep. to pushing out, you know, either increasing revenue or getting more customers or whatever. The network effect within the local church where we're utilizing, and that's why you have to be taught this as a, a Christian, that's not an excuse to do something not as good, right? right? We teach competitiveness, competition, you know, making your product better than the than the guy down the street. Absolutely, that's like number one. We should be committed to that as believers. Right. Right. But then, how do we then unleash that? Because you know, I used to maybe this is wrong, but the county where I lived had a median household income of about sixty eight thousand, seventy thousand. There was a million people in the county. I used to position myself in my mind as the the governor of that GDP of that county. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so there's lots of churches, there's lots of businesses, there's lots of opportunities. And then it's just a mindset around how do I get those resources in the hands of people that God trusts and then through the hands of they trust so we can keep building the kingdom of God. And it's just, there's so much potential. So much, so much. If, if we just get, wrap our brains around it 
I just have to say, man. So I I just did the analogy that you just gave of the network effect is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna steal if that's all right. Have it, man. I just did I just did an, an eight part series on the seven days of creation, the God given blueprint that that uh, he's how he created Earth, right? He's the original wow. creator in how he created us, and in the order that he did it in is fascinating if you actually dive into it. This is what the book that I had mentioned that we're yeah. Should be finalized in about 30 Can't days. Can't wait. Can't wait. To market, man. And then, so, but day five was that exactly. So real quick, it's, you know, vision. God had vision of what he was going to create it. And then he spoke it, everything into existence. He needed the atmosphere in order to, to you know, set uh, everything else in place. So he separated the heavens from earth. Mm-hmm. Day three, he peeled back the, the waters to create land, which essentially is the structure in place. Right. In order for plants to actually, you know, in trees to produce oxygen for us to breathe. Day four, then is really order in which he created time, you know, the seasons that we can track. So in your this is what we how we do this in business is you have structure, it's like your business playbook. Now you have order, you're tracking, you're measuring things. Yep. And then day five, I went on a whole, whole rabbit hole on this of of really what what I coined this as as momentum. And the reason being it's he created the, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. And it's so incredible the details that God put into this of how the birds actually support the fish, fish, and the fish support the birds in order to provide fertilization. To wow, when when the fish, when a bird actually eats a fish, the nitrogen that it produces actually is what fertilizes when they digest and you know, deposit it elsewhere. That's what fertilize. And like that, our Creator thought of all of that. Totally, effect finally took place where everything. So in business, when you're, everything is moving forward in the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, we're all moving forward to have momentum. And then day six is, is really the, the scaling phase, the multiplying to go forth, to subdue the earth, distribute our products and services and actually yep. have dominion. Well, now, so I love the network effect, man. That's that a great, yeah, it's, great it's powerful. It's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So tidely then, I mean, I could talk forever about the the kingdom impact and financially what I believe is our, you know, how we are ultimately, we serve God, make money, serve us and how so many Christians, I, I believe have just been, you know, the enemy's done a good job at, at affecting our minds and, and how we think about money. Right. And, you yep. know, what I believe so many of us are serving money in our poverty. And, right. and um, I, I, again, I was just going to say, I could talk about all this, but I'm not going to. So to get back to tithely, yep. you guys do, other things than just collect money for, for churches oh, yeah. and organizations. Yeah. We, I mean, we stole your data, right? Cause you got to do yeah. things like tax receding and we all want to work out who's in a small group. And, you know, so we d- yeah. do all that um, and apps and websites and, you know, we have free media, right? If you want to, we have tens of thousands of images that are free for our customers to, for Easter or graduation or like for all your social media stuff. Um, we've got point of sale, like, you know, if you're running a cafe. So we've got the whole thing. We, there's other products we want to build. And, you know, that that crawl, walk, run kind of thing is is always, once you hit some scale, though, you you, you get the ability to be able to, you know, have more products, like right. broaden your product, you know, and then you got, but you got to go through the same iteration. You can't, but the good thing is you already have customers. So if we go and build accounting for churches, for instance, I can go and sell that to 37,000 churches because they're already connected and they already trust us with the money coming in. 
right? Yeah. And we deposit it in the bank. We're thinking about becoming our own bank. You know, we we could be the bank of record, right? For the yes. for the church and lower their fees and do their debit cards and give them two percent back. And oh you know, our whole thing is let's give you the technology you need to run all the business of church at a price point even a church plant could afford. And so that's, you know, that's how we've stayed very competitive by just keeping our prices low. We make a profit as, you know, we're a for-profit company. We're a C, C Corp. Like we could, yeah. you know, we, we could go public. We could, there's a lot of different ways, we, you know, things that we could do to continue to grow and, and serve, you know, what we feel like is a lot more business. There's still another 50, 60 billion in cash and check. Yeah. Given yeah, every year. So. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you should make a profit. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, scripture I've read says we are blessed when we sell. Like, it, so it's like, I, yeah. I fully believe that. And, and yep. part of that is we're blessed also when I, when I purchase or when I sow into your yep. business. Right. And so that's just, again, back to the kingdom economy. Like we, we're called to sow on good soil. So if I'm going to get a product or a service, why wouldn't yep. I intentionally choose Yep. somebody that's operating with well, we we have competitors quite frankly that are not as kingdom centered as we are so we don't kind of tell people who they are you know you do a little research sure. you can work it out pretty quick so but yeah god god's positioned us we've got a great reputation and, and been very blessed so yeah it's it's been a fun seven years yeah so okay so i was gonna ask so you've been at this seven years yep and um has that are you involved with like the day to day now oh yeah still yeah like okay. You know, we have a phenomenal staff, you know, a great management team. And I got to meet Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's our CEO. He's a, he's a, lot, a lot of the brains behind our business is Frank Barry. Um, but we have tremendous product leaders and, you know, customer success, right, with support. And, like, there's a lot of moving parts to uh, our, our company. And But, you know, big structural vision, acquisitions, you know, where we, you know, we think technology is going. I'm still involved on that that kind of level. And, you know, still we're, we're all remote. We were remote before COVID. So we've always been Zoom and Slack since day one. Nice. You know, um, we used to be Google meeting before Zoom, but it's all distributed. And then we get together, you know, kind of in different teams and, and stuff like that. But yeah, still, and I'm passionate, you know, you know, we're at, I, I want to be at 50,000 churches, you know, in the next couple, three years and, and really just, you know, be in a position where we're unbeatable as far as a competitive place goes and, and just pro provide great. We, we have um, millions and millions of dollars are spent every year on our R&D. So we're always building new product, making the current products better. So we invest back in, in our software a lot. And that's because we want to serve our customer and give them the best and, and make sure it's affordable. So it's, it's pretty cool when you can give someone the best product at the cheapest price. And nice. I, that's always been our aim. That's a win-win a, a because it's, yep. that's not always the case. Uh, sometimes, oh. it's, you know, you got to pay a little bit more for a better, you know, product or service, but I, Absolutely. Love, I love hearing that. Man, this is great. So 50, you're at 37,000 now. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. Yeah. We are, uh, you know, in our business, there's organic, right. That just comes in yeah. where people are doing search, you know, searching for online giving or whatever. And then we do paid SEO, right. We pay for search words and, and then we have referrals. And then we also have acquired other companies. So, you know, you, you get customers lots of different ways. Organic, organic and, and search, you know, that's, those are free. They're the best customers to get. And referral, right? Those ones that you went to a conference and you talked to your buddy and, oh, yeah, I use Tidely. And it's like, hey, you should give them all of that. And we've got partnerships with all the big denominations. And we give our, our suite away to every church planner we can find. 
you know, for that first year or two. And so it's, but now it's just has its its own kind of yeah. a funnel, as they say, they just keep coming in. We still sign up hundreds and hundreds of churches a month. So amazing. Is that, is it a uh, U.S. only or you guys? Uh, no, we're global. Yeah. We're in, we do, we're in eight currencies around the world in uh, 50 countries. So yeah, from day one, like as soon as we got the U.S. built, we did Canada, we did Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore, Japan, UK, and we're going to go pretty strong into Europe uh, and the UK a bit more in this next couple of quarters. So, you know, and then there's Southeast Asia, like the, like the, the church growth that's happened in the last 20 years has happened mostly outside of America. It's South America, it's Africa, it's Southeast Asia. So, you know, we, uh, we plan on going into those countries, you know, bit by bit. The, the US is the biggest market, US and Canada. So we've established our business there as the biggest market. But now we can utilize all that momentum and just keep going to other markets as well. Absolutely. I love it. Man, so I'm curious. I, I mean, I've read plenty of articles on this, but uh, March 2020 happened. Yep. How, uh, how dramatic was the, the fall off of, of the actual tithe and giving? Okay. So giving went up, number one. Wow. Our business, we see every time someone signs up, right? And we usually get about 20 a day. And that's like name, email, church address, bank account, routing number, like that, a real sign up. You give us a lot of information. Wow, yeah. We see 20 a day. I was out of town actually, like in the middle of March, like the 10th. And we started to see activity because back then it's like, oh, this pandemic, what is it? Right. And remember, I think it was the 15th, the first, like the NBA game got shut down. Yeah. And there was two weeks shelter in place. Yep. And man, we saw signups go. We peaked at 990 in one day. So just to give you an idea, for uh, we were a winner out of the pandemic, you know, yeah. honestly, because not like Zoom, like, like all these companies that substituted what you were doing in person with something that you could do digitally, which is absolutely our business. So we added 12,000 church, church customers in, in six weeks. In six weeks. So we doubled our staff. I'm hiring all these temporary people. I can barely remember it because I was doing 18 hour days. So we pulled forward a lot. And the thing that I always, you know, said to people is like, eventually, if you're not digital, you're going to be as as a church. It's just a matter of time, right? right? Well, COVID just accelerated it all. Really a big first six weeks. And then really our numbers were high for the rest of the year. And but would you still believe today we still take hundreds of calls a month? Hey, we thought we should get online giving. Can you all help us out? I'm like, man, where have you guys been? But <laughs> right. It's just, you know, it's like the last, if you're, if you, at the payments world, you know, there's, you think about gas stations and dry cleaners and hairdressers, like over the last 20 years, it's all gone credit debit, right? Yep, yep. The last seg- segment is, is charitable. And the last segment of that is the faith space inside charitable. So you got a lot of cash and checks still getting written. So, you know, as a, as a kind of a exciting, you know, Tam to really go after over the next five or 10 years, there's lots to go get. So, and we, we really love supporting small churches. We built our software. We call her affectionately Betty, the bookkeeper, right? Probably a volunteer, maybe does one day, day a week, comes on Monday, does the books, gets it all. We build everything for Betty. So if she can use it, anyone can use it. And the fact is, is that, you know, 95, like 90% of churches in America are under 1,000. 85% are probably under 250. Wow. 
So of that 130 billion, 110 is in small, medium churches. So that's where we 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 have a lot of big churches on the platform, but we started with small, and we built our product to serve the small medium market, and that's where you know obviously we're very strong, and we have a bunch of mega churches using our platform. But you know we really and so we just have a heart for small church, yeah. and wanting to make it easy for them to to do all this kind of stuff and end of year tax statement, just click a button and it all gets emailed and all good stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's been our focus, and there's some so much more to go get. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, how even just the peace of mind, think of, you know, most pastors, this isn't always the case, but a lot of pastors aren't necessarily, they're entrepreneurial minded, right? Correct. Right? They, they have a heart to start a church maybe. Right. Um, so then there's a one-stop shop, essentially. Right, that's right exactly. It's just, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. what we built. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. To be clear, the pandemic actually helped business for you guys. Do you it did. Think- and giving, what we saw is giving in that, in that second quarter of 2020, I think what happened is a lot of people thought, oh, this is temporary. I'm going to give the money that I would have given. So giving spiked. And then what happened as like by like June, July, which is summer anyway, giving always comes back a little in the summer and people, so giving kind of went back, you know, kind of down. Uh, It still jumped forward a lot for us as a business, but I think just in the kingdom, you know, specifically looking at all our data, it was a jump forward in Q2. Q3 was a lot of uncertainty. Man, it was dragging on. You know, remember it was like the, the planes that weren't really back. Like it was all like, how long is this going to last? And we didn't know. So then people pulled back a little bit because of uncertainty. And, the, and we went into a quick, like deep recession. Unemployment went, you know, crazy. And then by Q4, it was like, hang on a minute. This, the economy started picking up again. Yep. And then stimulus checks started arriving. <laughs> we we saw bumps in March. Uh, we always see a bump in March because of tax season, because people kind of give for out of their, their tax return. But when yeah. stimulus checks arrived, <laughs> we saw that in the giving spike too. So look, <laughs> so it, it was just very lumpy data because there was all this stuff going on. And now it's, you know, it's settled into what we would just consider pre-pandemic type of growth. Yeah. And and it's just kind of, you know, now we're back to normal, right? Um, right. But we've you know, we've just pulled forward what we thought was going to take another 18 months to do. And we just got there faster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. Oh man. Well, Dean, I feel like I could just chat with you forever. Maybe we'll have to have you back on a, another time or two if, you, if you'd be willing. Anytime, mate. And it's uh, just love what you're doing. And I know uh, God's positioned you to really challenge church leaders. We need more pastors listening to what you're teaching and, uh, couldn't, couldn't be more excited to, to watch what God's going to do with you in you. Uh, the coming months and years, man. So God bless. Yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot. If Our listeners, you have a podcast yourself, right? Yeah, King, yeah Kings and Priests is a business podcast I do. Just, you know, I riff about topics of the, of the week and analyze some books and analyze some, you know, really smart people that know how to grow businesses. So I do that once a week, just Kings and Priests on, you know, all your favorite places. And, you know, I'm on the Twitter Twitterverse, man, we're a little outspoken time to time at Dean Sweetman. So other than that, you know, we'll see it around the traps. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere at the moment. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, make sure uh, for our listeners, if, uh, if you're, as you're probably listening to this, you listen to other podcasts, throw that one on your list and uh, Kings and Priest. I've, I've listened to a few of those, Dean. So great yeah. content. So. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, I'm thank glad. you so much, man. Appreciate you really being on. Amazing. Thanks. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.